This is Hope FM. Now, this morning, I've got a host of people to help us all understand what the Co-op Community Fund is. And perhaps more important than that, the wonderful work that the Co-op enables charities, not just here locally in Bournemouth, Pool and Christchurch, but actually right across the United Kingdom, uh, doing amazing work. And of course, that makes a very real difference to many of the numerous charities that are supported. And you've just heard that Hope FM was one of those charities. And we just completed our first year of being in partnership with the fund. And you heard that over £5,000. Now, for us as a small charity, that makes a huge difference. So the first thing I want to say to all of you co-op members and all of you co-op supporters... Thank you, because you do make a big difference. And I say that not just on behalf of Hope FM, but on behalf of all of the charities who have benefited. Now, two people who are very, very close to what the whole thing is are Heather and Tina. Uh, so welcome to, to you both. Hello. Morning. <laughs> now, Heather, you're, you're the more experienced. Uh, you're uh, the, an area manager for the co-op. What does that entail? Uh, so I look after the member pioneers within this area. So I cover from Purbeck, Bournemouth, Poole, Christchurch and Ringwood. And uh, yeah, I have a team of member pioneers. and They're all out in the community, supporting their communities, supporting the local causes. And uh, really my role is to enable them to do that role. Um, I was a member pioneer myself uh, a few years ago, so I know what it's like to be on the ground and and really talking to people. Um, So, yeah, it's great to be so involved with everyone. I love that title, Pioneer, you know, to boldly go where no man has gone before, or woman, I guess, maybe. So tell us a wee bit about member pioneers. I mean, quite a lot of the role of a member pioneer is voluntary, isn't it? It's just a small... It's, it a small. is. So, so a member pioneer, uh, they're employed by the co-op for four hours a week, uh, and that's uh, a paid position. But a lot of our member pioneers are involved in the community already. So they're already doing wonderful voluntary work across their areas. So, yes, they will be everywhere. You will, it will be a familiar face to you within the community. Uh, but, yes, our, our member pioneers are there to get to know the small groups and organisations within uh, a particular town. Uh, They don't cover a huge area, so they can really get to know the people. And they're already embedded within that community. So it's great to see how much they can get out of that community as well. Now, of course, when we were first selected, uh, obviously we applied as a charity, as many charities do. And and, uh, how how do you decide which charities to go for? Because you must get many more apply to be partnering with you than you're able to support we do yes and it's such a shame because we would love to support everyone um, through our um, three causes through the stores Uh, but yes it is a selection process so we have our three main sort of criteria that we look for so our three pillars and these are our focus areas within our community at the moment so we focus on um, access to food access to well-being and access to education so we look at which of these groups fit those particular pillars. Um, And then it goes down to our store colleagues and they get to then decide which three they would like to support that year. And often it's sort of integrated into what they already do and support the community. Now, when you say three, I mean, if you take the whole BCP area, uh, then obviously it's, it's, it's divided, subdivided. So it's three charities per area, isn't it? It is, yes. So we have our small communities. So we have 11 communities uh, within the BCP area. Um, And then there's three uh, or six. In the case of uh, Tina's area, we have uh, six causes uh, within hers. So, yes, it's a large amount of groups that we get to support each year. Since you mentioned Tina, now Tina is our member pioneer for Hope FM. and, And you're brand new, aren't you? I am. I've been with the company, I think, five or six weeks now so are you enjoying it i am i love my job um it's it's a very it's amazing to help people and that's yeah so what was it that attracted you to apply to be a member pioneer um well i'm i'm a mum um and you know i spend a lot of time with my son um but i wanted to do something that actually meant you know make a difference um, you know, there's a lot of things out there that don't. So um, I, I saw the job um, and I had a little look online to see what 
what it entailed and um it just it just spoke to me i'm such a people person and um now i'm a couple of weeks in i've actually connected with our causes and i just think they're all just so amazing the job's just i love it I love it. Had you much to do with the world of charity before? Um, I did a little bit in my, you know, in my own time. Um, quite a few homeless um, people um, I've helped, you know, as much as I can. Um, but yeah. Well, having having a, ch- a child is, doesn't give you a lot of extra time, does it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, d- I mean, you, you try as much as you can with your, with the time that, you're, that you've got. So, I mean, obviously, Heather, your, your role is to support the member pioneers. And uh, you take Tina, for example. She joins the team, uh, presumably doesn't know a great deal about the role to begin with. How do you train her? Uh, there's a lot of training on the job. So this is and very I was just much. Get on with it, Tina. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very much right. This is your area. Go and go and find out about it because we recognise that every area is different, um, every community is different. So I can't just give a bit, a bit of paper and go. This is what you do. It really is finding out what your community needs from you. Um, so yeah, the next couple of months, as Tina will be finding out more about her community and uh, what they need, what they would like. Now you're going to be introducing us to some of the charities that have been selected. Are they this year's charities or, or past recipients? Um, so we've got two that are this year's, uh, this coming year, and one previous. And they are? Uh, helping Homeless Veterans, uh, Rejuvenate Mental Health and St Mark's Parents... St. Mark's School and Parents Association. So we're going to be hearing from them uh, through the programme today and how they apply and what they're going to be doing and how you, you you can help them. And of course, I should probably tell you how you're going to help Hope FM as well, although <laughs> you're, already, you're already doing that. But you've got some fantastic festive music because here we are in Advent. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> <laughs> haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, then. I, I'm actually done for my, for yeah, my son. I'm, in, I'm, wow. in, I'm impressed. I'm done. Yeah, wrapped under the tree, ready to go. I know that, I mean, I went over to uh, to one of your stores, you know, to receive our, our presentation, and uh, the store was very busy, you know. Yeah. But I suppose it'll ramp up now to the big day, won't it? It will, yes. Yeah. Only get busier. Well, also pleased to welcome to studio Steve Briner. Steve, you and I talked, actually, uh, on the telephone because uh, all of this started at the height of COVID. Now, you are area manager for the co-op, but what area are you covering at the moment? Yeah, I, I cover Bournemouth Pool across the Wareham, so that's uh, so, about 20 stores in that area. Yes, now you, obviously your, your responsibility is for the general retail of the stores. Correct. And so on. How's the co-op been doing, I mean, particularly through, through these challenging times? So we did really well last year, and I think we did an exceptional job. It's been a tougher year this year. We thought last year was tough. This year has been a bit, of a bit of a tougher environment, and I think that's to do with the Brexit and, and all those pieces. And I think we've probably just had a l- last sort of two months it's been a toughest period of time for us. It's um, it's time that we're we're trying to celebrate what we're great at and, and the local causes and stuff we're doing with the communities is it's one of those things. But yeah, it's been tough, but we're. We're all back on plain sailing now. Now, the co-op has always been an ethical company. You know, people will remember the days of the divvy and all of that. And I know that you're very heavily into fair trade and all those sorts of things uh, as well. But the, the foundation has raised an astounding, I think the, the joint figure is about 100 million over these last years. Yeah, it's been an amazing figure. And I think when I uh, work for the co-op, as long as I have, in the last sort of five, six years, we've started doing this, this, this way of, uh, work with our communities it's quite amazing to donate such an amount of money and only 10 million pounds say 10 million pound this year was, was was another great considering the challenges we've got so we're really pleased to be helping still and of course that makes that makes a, a huge difference to all of the charities who are who are beneficiaries uh, in terms of going back to the the sort of ethical nature of the co-op uh, you, you're still membership based and i guess that one of the benefits of having a member based organization is that people buy into the organization but how do you how do you keep your members informed so we we um We've taken time to move on from the old divvy, I've got to say. So we've moved on to more technology-based ways of communicating. So we've got the app now, which has been a, a massive success. And we've signed up 
I think just in the last uh, nine months, we've signed up over 30,000 just in, in my region where, where, where we have 180 stores. So we are continuing to grow and the technology supports us. But at the same time, our colleagues uh, out, out in the communities, talking to the, the customers, talking to those projects, those, those charities that we connect to. And therefore, every time we talk to them about the, you know, that percentage that goes towards the community, they then get hooked in. So it is about the story and the story is really important. Now, you said, was it about 30 managers that you've got to support? Yeah, uh, yes, no, I've got 20 store managers for me um, in, in, in around the area, and, and they're all very different, all different causes. And, and I, was out, I was out a few weeks ago uh, on the Saturday doing the celebration day, we call it, and I must have met 20 or so uh, charities coming in and going. And it was the most exciting day of the year for me, to be fair, because it's, it's when you can feel the touch of what I'm doing and, and how everything I do and everything in my work it links into the community. Now, of course, I know one of the things that you encourage, although it has been difficult through COVID, but is, is interaction from your store managers, not just the managers of the stores, but the staff, interaction with the charities. And of course, that has had some challenges because of COVID in, in the past year. But would you say that, that the staff get as encouraged as you say you are? Yes. Um, if, if, believe it or not, we were in um, Wareham the other day and uh, it was a 100-year celebration. You may have already heard about this and all the colleagues were dressing up in, in Edwardian times. Um, so not only do we kind of join up together, but yeah, everyone gets involved. I would say um, the, the younger generation stalls where you've got more students it's not such exciting but where you've got a lot of um, I suppose longer term colleagues that have been around a long time they've seen the changes they've seen the way the co-op do things and a lot of colleagues do get involved they're very passionate about it and that's you know a lot of a lot of our community stuff is also will a lot of commitment not just because people are supporting through community volunteering but it definitely is through the, the, the will and the co-op now we've already talked about in each of the areas because the co-op areas are divided into into small sizable areas and three charities are chosen from each of those small areas but over the whole region uh, how many charities would you support doesn't mean if you don't know the exact number well it's on average it's normally um, best part of three per per store uh, and that therefore um, that then branches out I, I'm guessing it's about 36 to 40 in my area multiply that by nine in, in nine area managers in my, my region you can work the mass out it's, it's well over 200 causes that we support and projects and have you been able to sort of see firsthand the work of of some of those causes yeah I, I, I gotta say that, that when I was with talking to the causes and hearing about the, 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 the work that goes on for the money and what it enables them to do in terms of purchasing equipment that they couldn't do previously um, and not to name individuals but the, the, it, it does make a difference and I think when it, it touched me most when it, when it impacts um, young children and how we're, we're trying to educate them um, on spaces and how we do things as well so yeah, and of course, as we already said, it makes a massive difference. And today we're going to be hearing from some of the, the charities, I think one from last year and, and two that have been uh, selected along with, with Hope FM in our particular uh, area. The foundation itself, um, hard is that, because obviously it's a national foundation. So uh, hard is the foundation operate? Is, the, is there a sort of a, a, some sort of national um, encouragement materials, promotion materials, all that sort of thing? So it's um, it's a good question, um, and how they formulated this many years ago, say about five, five or four years ago, and uh, it's formulated by um, our customers. At the end of the day, they 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 kind of make those decisions from the top. So at the end of the day, they're a member, um, and these the way we appropriated and how we've gone about and chosen uh, our approach was was done by the customers and the board as such who are, who are essentially customers so those decisions were made were, were not made by myself these people maybe, maybe people at the top but the, the people that are customers at the end of the day so it's uh, which is great really isn't it because I mean I mean, we, we were just saying even the local choosing of the charities comes down to obviously mm. different charities applying but even it's your own store people who are looking at those applications yeah I mean so from that perspective we, we have um, you know, we have up to some cases um, fifteen uh, local causes that apply for these um, opportunities to, to to be able to obviously with the local causes fund. But we we get then the decision um, with shortlist, uh, and we choose it based on how that links into the, the ethics of the business and how it works. And and that ultimate decision is done by the colleagues, and we work closely with 
people like Tina who help us make those decisions and, and Heather who, who are closely linked to the stores who massively support and making those decisions. And a lot of work's done in terms of diligence. We, we want causes that that um, connect to us and, and want to talk to us and, and, and educate our customers as well that where that money goes to because at the end of the day our customers decide which of those three charities they want to put their money into. And of course Heather was saying to us at the beginning of the programme that you have sort of three pillars this year sort of three areas you know uh, uh, education playing a very big part obviously food uh, very very close to the co-op's heart I forgot what the third one was Heather Sorry Wellbeing Yes Wellbeing So those are three Do Do they change every year? No, I think they've been in in in, in stat- state status they are for the last couple of years. Um, but they had one. We had four, and I think we dropped one off because of COVID. Um, and I think it, did, it was about so- social, and I think it was to do with the limitation of social distances and stuff like that. But now they do stay static, um, and the well-being one is is very connect- connected to us because obviously we've supported Mind for the last couple of years with Mind Charity, and that's quite important. And it's actually one of our local causes uh, going forwards this year. So. And in fact, I think one of the charities that we're going to be hearing from as well as also working with young people in terms of mental health challenges, which of course has been a huge, you know, a huge challenge. I mean, we ourselves, you'll probably see in the studio, you've got two, two young, young people there who are with us on a training programme. And uh, they're two of eight that we will be training, you know, uh, this year. But I guess that even for charities to work with volunteers through this past year, they haven't been able to do, you know, in the same way. So if ever there was a need for all charities to have a lift and support it, it's right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's the way uh, we talk about well-being and, and well-being for our colleagues, for our customers. And, you know, we are, we're all on a journey of this. And I think we're still in the middle of it and the changes we've had in the last couple of days. <laughs> and I, I'm for sure uh, how we adapt and how we've, we've done that. And I think it's very... Um, the cops very agile at the same time very resilient and uh, that's why it's been around a long time now talking about support uh, i've got uh, two representatives in the studio uh, damien and alex who are one of the beneficiaries of the co-op uh, community foundation fund one of the causes now you were selected last year and and you've been selected again this year like like hope fm but first of all tell us a wee bit guys about what the charity is maybe damien you could just to say rejuvenate what does that mean well basically rejuvenate mental health is an into action uh, mental health charity um we're into the business of saving lives so basically um you have a uh, we get rid of the high costs and long waiting times associated with people at the, and mental health challenges so it's really a straight into action we have a 24-hour hotline that's running seven days a week 365 days a year was born out of lockdown um and subsequently as i said we will uh, we're into action so there's no waiting you call today will get you into action today which is really important isn't it because i mean there, in fact just this week the nhs had, had put out notices you know that that people on a waiting list you know would have to wait you know in fact not wasn't months it was even years in some cases of course mental health is one of those things that have been hugely affected particularly through the the, the whole lockdown experience and so on how did the charity come to be well as a matter of fact we were uh, dealing with hr and mental health within employment um, that was our original uh, task, nothing to do with being a charity. But we started to receive a number of calls a- and requests through people um, in the Dorset, in fact, all, all over the country. But we could only focus on where we could. So we become a voluntary organisation during lockdown because we were all followed and or not working in our own uh, professions, which is consulting, um, and decided to, to get into action. So um, initially we were trying to signpost people. It wasn't working. So we said, bugger it we'll get into it ourselves and we found some really really good people that supported us counsellors that were professional counsellors um, and, and we started to to raise money to be able to pay them to get people into treatment in action now i see on your your t-shirts that that, uh, that both of you are wearing this morning you've got men's health so is the charity largely targeted to men or is it broader than that no it's definitely not it's actually that uh, tal has fell off <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah it does look a bit like it's men's health um, um, I must admit, though, that we do uh, get quite a large portion of men. Um, I think our, our, overall our beneficiaries are about 59, 41 in terms of men versus women. Um, 
and, and I think that's quite a lot to do with the actual location and geographic as well as where we are in the Dorset and particularly Bournemouth. And where we, uh, you've, you've mentioned the location, so tell us where you are. So, so we're based in Charminster. Um, we have a small office in Charminster, but we're pretty mobile. So um, I'm going to leave it to Alex to introduce that part of it, where we actually are going out to the streets um, with a stand and getting people more involved. Because some of the people that we're working with, let aside picking up the phone, I mean, that's a big ask for someone. You know, when you're feeling bad, it's really hard. And typically that last call is to someone you love to say goodbye. And actually, men are particularly bad, aren't they, at actually reaching out for help. We know that men generally don't want to go to the doctors. They definitely don't want to go to hospital. And as you quite rightly said, I think it's harder for men to admit they have an issue. Absolutely. I mean, you're the breadwinner. You're the sole provider. Once you've lost all those things, and I'm someone who's done that, I've been there to that point of of suicide myself. So it's a very uh, ugly, dark, dark hole. Um, and very, very hard to find the help that you need. So, so when yeah, you're sitting there as a person of hope because you've gone through it. Absolutely, and and I can identify with people very, very quickly, and and offer them. You know, as you see today, this was not so many years ago that I was in that same situation, destitute. Well, let's turn to Alex. Now, Alex has a very special uh, day for you today because, uh, as you'll hear whenever whenever Alex opens his mouth, he's not British, are you? No. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having us over here. So, I'm Romanian, and today is Romania's National Day, the 1st of December, so... Happy well, birthday, Romania. <laughs> congratulations all around. I've been, I've been to Romania a lot, and it's a beautiful country uh, that you have. So tell us, how did you get involved with Rejuvenate? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, me and Damien uh, worked uh, together, and uh, he told me about these things, you know. And once he opened up, I had to open up because I had the same issues like he did. So it started with you both having challenges in, with your mental health. Exactly, exactly. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, that's what I told Damien uh, prior to these conversations. And because, as Damien said pr- uh, earlier, I will have to be on, uh, for example, a co-op with Charminster, co-op with more than, you know. And we're going to be installing a booth for fundraising because... Let's face it, we need some funds. You know, these counselors need to be paid, obviously, because they are saving lives, you know. And I have been in the same position, you know. And uh, as you mentioned earlier regarding NHS, well, something bad happened to me a few years ago here in UK. And uh, I have been on the, that list. And uh, I've been on that list for five or six months. And no one called. <laughs> so I basically the list ended before me. And I suppose there comes a point whenever you're not getting that call that you give up? Uh, well, I did give up. I did give up. And uh, yeah, I suffer from PTSD, obviously. But now I well, found... Were you in the forces? No, I haven't been in the forces. But uh, an ac- well, not an accident. Basically, I had three accidents in two weeks. And I was afraid of driving, as a matter of fact. And... Um, that's what I did. That's what I n- knew what to do. That was my job. You made your living from driving. Yeah, that yeah. was it. That was it. And three people, yeah. And as a matter of fact, funny fact, uh, all three cars were uh, MK3s, if I don't know what to <laughs> say the brand. But yeah. it was the same kind of car, oh, but dear. different color. And they all hit me in the back. They didn't pay attention. None of, all of them were talking on the phone. And basically, I felt very bad. And plus, I still, I had some issues from when I was home in Romania. And uh, as Damien mentioned, uh, I fought with these uh, issues. And over there, we're not as fortunate as uh, English people are here regarding rehabs. Yeah, because over there, the price for a good rehab is the same price that it is over here. But difference is over here, the minimum wage is thirteen hundred per month. Over there, it's two hundred and fifty. So, so it's not so unreachable for many people. Yeah, it, it's very difficult. And this is why I want to save funds for this uh, charity, yeah? And it's very good for to, to approach people and have a story, to tell them your story, you know, so they can believe you. It's, it's very difficult for people to trust, to believe someone who wasn't put in this situation. Now, obviously, you, you decided to start your charity. It's not easy to start a charity, is it? No, it's not, Blair. How, how did you get the know-how? Well, actually, um, 
to be perfectly frank, some time ago, I actually raised funds for Bernardo's. I believed in the cause. I'm a father of uh, five children. My little one, Dolly, is probably listening now. She's only seven months. Hi, Dolly. <laughs> Hi, Dolly. And uh, so, so basically, um, uh, you know, I had a, a feeling for kids and, and we started doing it up in London. And I was actually the, the biggest fundraiser there. Um, of quite substantial amounts so I had a good idea of how it works and and, and what to do Um, although it wasn't my plan but as soon as we had to get into action so first we had to register as a non-profit then do all the charity thing but at the same time we were out doing work anyway as I said I think we were quite lucky in some respects that a lot of these councillors were were, uh, also a little bit free but then, of course, now they're dearer than IT consultants. You know, that, that's the truth. It's, um, it's, well, they're in demand. You it, it's a demand, isn't it? You pay yeah. by demand. And that's why people like the co-op have really, really helped us because we that gives us that extra funding to get into these people's lives and, and help. So when you... How did you find out about the co-op? That's a good question. I mean, um, I think I was actually in the store speaking to someone. It was the ex-manager. Now it's Liam, who's a lovely guy. And, and I spoke to him and he said... Is that the Charminster store? Yeah, the Charminster yeah, store. Yeah, and he yeah. said, why don't you apply? And I said, okay. Uh, so I went back and, and I did the application. And uh, a few weeks later, I got a phone call from um, the certain department and said you know, a few questions they wanted to clarify with me. And uh, we told them about what we're doing and that we're still doing it and that we're looking to obviously get more, help more people. And uh, and they said it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, we'd love to help you out. And that was it. It was a, a good marriage. Now, and, you, and must, really, yeah. you must have made an impact because you've been selected again for a second year. How how much did did was raised for you in your first year? Yeah, well, it was brilliant. It started off uh, quite slowly, but as again, we was adding tags to things yes, and so on, yep. and then it went up to um, I think the first year was two thousand, just short of two thousand seven hundred pounds. Which is not not it's to be very good. Is it? very, very good. good. Very good. But indeed. obviously, you want to better that this year yeah yeah i mean um that's the plan and um, we'll get a little bit more out of course everyone was kind of locked down a long time so there was you couldn't really expose yourself only via media so mm-hmm. now as i said what alex has mentioned there we've got our stands uh, all in place they've been out before and we're going to really accelerate so, it so alex is moving to the co-op with your, <laughs> with your sleeping bag yeah <laughs> well in fact to several co-ops you're going to be nomadic but actually that's it's really important actually because i, I guess that being able to communicate what you guys do is equally one of the the biggest challenges but i guess also that the guys who are the beneficiaries of what you do uh if they were here with us right now and i guess both of you are your own beneficiaries exactly as well, right? that. but but that's the best isn't it because you're talking about change lives and of course as as you have said uh, alex support at a time whenever it's almost impossible to to reach that support but haven't you been a bit inundated it's um well let's put it uh it's like a roller coaster so i'd be lying if you said you're flat out all the time yeah it's a roller coaster but just the last few weeks already the uh, the increase is there people are, uh, the, the phones are ringing much much more than they had been september august september where I, I can say that you know we still get calls but nowhere near as uh, the ramp up on the 24 hours that we've been getting in the last couple of weeks i think it's christmas there's new omicron lots of things getting people's minds am i still going to have a job Am I going to be able to do X, Y, Z? Will I see my children this Christmas? You know, you've got a lot of old men that are ex-servicemen, uh, etc., that are in the middle of nowhere in Dorset. Last Christmas, we went round and, and visited quite a few and, um, and delivered a few parcels. But that's all you could do because it was masks and not family. So, yes, um, the only thing we can do is keep them lines open, keep making sure we get people seen to as quick as possible. So people listening to us right now want to contact the charity. How do they do it? Just get on the, get on our website, give us a call. We've got a 24-hour hotline. Um, it's there. It's www.rjvn8.co.uk. Um, all the contact details are there. We also have a daily mental health blog, so it doesn't matter if today you don't want to call, but you just want to exchange ideas with other people in the same yeah. situation that can identify. And, of course, one way in which you can support the charity is by becoming a member of the co-op. If you're not already a member, you get lots of benefits, which you'll hear about before the end of the programme as a as a member. But actually, in your area, in Charminster, there'll be three causes, and Rejuvenate will be one of them. So you can select them uh, by going onto the, the, the co-op 
Help Foundation website uh, as your cause. And uh, I, there's no doubt about it, guys, that, that, that you're doing a fantastic job. You'll have to come back and bring some of the guys with you uh, on the radio and tell us how things are going, you know, as we go through the year. But thank you both. This is Hope FM. And of course, one of the things that we love to do here on Hope FM is to reflect the amazing work that other people are doing in the community. And I've got David uh, sat opposite me now, David Wood, from Helping Homeless Veterans UK. Uh, So good morning to you, David. Very good morning to you, Blair. Now, for the on initiative, we've we've been before, we've done this before, but let's assume that people listen to us know nothing about helping homeless veterans. Tell us a wee bit about the charity. Yeah, sure. We're just over two years old. Um, We started off as a CIC and we're now a registered charity. We're based in Hamworthy and Poole. And basically, we do exactly what it says in the title. If a veteran is struggling for whatever reason and finds themselves either street homeless or maybe sofa surfing, struggling, um, we ask them to contact us through our website. And our job is to give them the help and assistance that they require to get them a place that they can call home because we believe that all the veterans within our country deserve that right to have a place to call home. And has it been easy? I mean, do veterans reach out to you? Is that, I mean, we were talking about mental health before and we were just saying particularly how men, you know, are not great at reaching out for help. Have you found any any of, any challenges in that area? Yeah, absolutely. It's... Um, I think it's one of the hardest obstacles that every veteran who contacts us has to overcome is to reach out and say, I need help. Um, as a veteran myself, um, you know, we are very proud people. Um, and men in general are very proud people as well. And um, to get a veteran to say, I need help, if they can get over that battle, if they can get over that obstacle, then the world's our oyster. So, yeah. Once we've got them over that battle, we can do whatever we need to do with them. Now, you were one of the charities, one of the beneficiary charities in the year that has just passed. So, you, uh, How did it go? Absolutely amazing. Um, as a relatively new organisation at the time that we were, as a CIC then, um, to walk away after a year with over £7,600 raised was absolutely outstanding. And um, it's... It's companies like Co-op that we rely on to be able to do the work that we do with helping these veterans. And basically, you know, if we don't have that support, we can't do the work we do because we are solely funded by the general public and from companies. And, you know, the Co-op were absolutely outstanding. They were one of our first big companies to get behind us and uh, we were proud and privileged to be part of it and i guess that will also be a springboard to others to say guys come on uh, the co-op aren't the only ones here uh, oh, absolutely um i was just speaking to a member of staff um who i spoke to recently and um you know what i want to do now is get a team get our team of volunteers <laughs> together and go to the stores locally and just say thank you you know say thank you to the members of the public who have you know, chosen us, whether they've chosen us or not, but just to say those magic words, you know, thank you very much for your support because your support has raised that massive amount of money which will help us roughly house nearly six veterans. So that's six people who haven't got a place called home, but thanks to the co-op, they now will have a place called home, and that's what it's all about. And that's what's at the heart of it, isn't it? It's helping people who are in real need. And I guess that many of the co-op's own shoppers would have been themselves uh, or know of somebody who, of course, would have been veterans. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you go back in history and, um, you know, maybe check out your family tree, I'm sure you may have somebody who fought in the Second World War or maybe after that. Um, But, you know, veterans... We choose to do what we choose, you know, we choose to join the armed forces and um, we're very lucky in this country to have so much support from the general public when we do come out of the armed forces. Um, and, you know, what people need to realise when it comes to, to homeless veterans, um, we don't deal with the, politi- the political side of it. What people need to understand is that a small minority of veterans who come out of the armed forces, they do struggle. And we are there with our help in hand to pull them out of the trouble that they're in 
and give them that helping hand to get their lives back on track. And we have many cases over the two years up to date. As of today, we've housed 174 veterans and we have many cases of veterans who are now in employment. They're in relationships. They've rekindled relationships with their families. They're seeing their children. You know, that's what we are about and turning people's lives around. So, again, it's 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 small interactions, but making huge differences in the lives of, in this case, of, of veterans. I mean, one would think, you know, that veterans, surely veterans, you know, having served the country, you know, and and, and one of the forces, you know, with a, if anywhere would have lots of support, it should be there. But, of course, that's not always the case, is it? It's not. Um, there is legislation in place, Blair. Um, it's very complicated legislation, and it's understanding that legislation and what we what we can do as an organization and we do this quite a lot is just make a simple phone call speak to the local authority no matter where the veteran is in the country explain the legislation is in place in case it's been overlooked and i'd probably say 65 percent of the veterans that we house are just gentle reminders of legislation and they are then seen and dealt with by their local authority um but legislation doesn't always work for each individual case. Every case is different. Um, and that's where we come in and that's where the funding comes in that we receive so that we can finance and help and assist using the private rented sector to make sure that we can find affordable accommodation for these veterans to move on in their lives. So you're like brokers, really. You're sort of standing... You, uh, presumably you don't have property yourselves. Well, we're, ah. we're, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. We're currently in the process. Um, if people want to have a look at our website, uh, which is hhvuk.org, you will see that there's a project which is ongoing at the moment, which we're hoping to have finished by April next year, which we've called the Veterans Build Project. And we're actually converting an empty property into six individual flatlets, which will be used by these veterans as temporary accommodation. So instead of us putting them into hotels, they will be grouped together in this property, nice and comfortable, until we can find them suitable accommodation, affordable accommodation for them to move into. So presumably that has a hefty budget to get well, that into reality. It does indeed, and um, a big shout-out to BCP Council, because they financed us by £70,000 towards a refurb. Uh, the Talbot Village Trust Fund have also come on board. We've also got Selco Builders Merchants. Um, many, many companies are supporting us with this, but none... no. Sorry, let me start again. None of the funds that we receive are being used from the general public on this build project. It's all being supported by grants. So I just want to make that clear. So if somebody puts a pound in the bucket for ourselves, that whole pound is spent on housing veterans because every single one of us are volunteers. Nobody takes a wage, nobody takes salary. All of our overheads are covered by corporate sponsorship. Um, so I can guarantee now if you put a pound in our bucket, you will get that pound spent on housing a veteran. Absolutely. So you heard it there from the horses. Absolutely. Mate. So if people want to check out the charity, tell us again that website. Yeah, sure. It's hhvuk.org. That's right. And then what is your biggest need at the moment? Um, raising the awareness of the work that we're doing. Um, funding. We, we always need funds. At the moment, we're currently dealing with nine veterans, which is throughout the country. Uh, two of them are local. And we've got four veterans in hotels at the moment. So, you know, I know times are hard and I know, you know, things are really difficult at the moment, but we are always needing funding. So please support us, even if it's a pound, at least you know that pound will be spent on housing a veteran. Uh, well, I've got my friends from the co-op back in again. We've got Steve, who's the area manager for the Foods Division, supporting uh, managers in over 20 stores, uh, Steve. Uh, and, of course, uh, we've got Heather, who's uh, the area supporters of the pioneers who are supporting each of the individual charities. I brought you back in because obviously you've heard from two of the charities that you've been supporting. It must be an incredible encouragement to you to know, I mean, just, those are just two charities and both making an incredible difference. It really is. And to, to listen to their stories and to listen to the impact that that is making to them. It, it's really humbling to, to listen to it and it sort of shows you know, our role and what we've been doing um, 
what it boils down to, you know, helping our local communities, helping these, these smaller groups make a real difference to individuals' lives. And I, I guess, Steve, you know, that, I mean, we've heard both of the charities so far, and I, I heard this over and over again, you know, because it's been incredibly difficult for charities, particularly through the, through the COVID challenges. So I guess that, you know, the interaction that the co-op has been able to make through the foundation, through the... But it's not just about giving them money, is it? Because you're encouraging interaction, aren't you? Yeah, I think... Um I was having a very good conversation with David just now from the veteran cause, and uh, he um, had an amazing story that the amount of veterans he supported over the last couple of years and how well it's progressed. And it was so important that the the co-op and and, and businesses like us that make a massive difference. Um, But, um, you know, again, it goes down to our colleagues at the end of the day and the customers that uh, the awareness is really important so today is really 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 great to be able to talk around what what difference it makes and how humbling it is to, to in, this this how it connects so yes for sure um i'm looking forward to this next round of causes um i'm looking to do a lot lot more this year than we did last year because of things being relaxed and I'm hoping to, to get more and more interactions to, to connect to our customers and colleagues. The other thing, you know, that occurred to me, just talking to the to, to the two charities we've had on so far, are the fact that even within your own staff and indeed your customers, you've got probably many, many people who could be beneficiaries of these of these charities. And I guess that's another reason why, you know, that being able to signpost people, whether it be, in your case, customers or whether it be members of your own staff, because you must come across, I mean, you particularly, Steve, you must see need in your own people. Yeah, I think the, the mental well-being has probably been the one subject we've talked about a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, and I think this has been uh, very, very positive the amount of well-being uh, type of charities we've supported this year with with mind and it's worked uh, in 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 together with the cops the way they're working and you know i've seen a significant change in, in how we engage with with the causes and how we think and how they connect so it is a, it is a, a an evolving uh, situation i think and we we, we will grow together and, and get better uh, connection going forwards to get better benefits. Heather, coming to you now. I, we, we obviously we, we know that you support the the member pioneers. Uh, what do they actually do? What does a member pioneer do? Well, it's very varied. Um, they their main role is to obviously support the stores and the link to the community, supporting the local groups within the community. Uh, but really, just find out what their community is about. You know, what are the needs of our members within those communities? Um, and just down to, right, what can we see? What can be done? How can we support them? And it is, it's very, very varied. A member pioneer role cannot be written down in one sentence. It's, it's one of those roles that it varies per community. It's very unique. And our member pioneers are very unique with it as well. Each you, one is. Should I give you some feedback on some of your member pioneers? Oh, yes, do. Well, <laughs> well you'd, be, you'd, you'd be pleased to know it's all very positive. I mean, I uh, last year we had we had the lovely Sue, who of course has moved area uh, now. I think she's over at Wimborne direction, isn't she? Oh, she's now moved to Ringwood as well now. So, so yeah. she's got a, she's yeah. got an even b- a bigger area. But uh, but right from the early days, which of course she came on the radio, and uh, well, she'd never been on the radio before. Still. Steve, and uh, and she was a bit nervous, you know. But now I can't keep her off it. In, 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 in fact, in fact, I've just had an email uh, uh, this week uh, where she's actually said, "Can she bring some of her charities over from where she is?" How could I refuse her? You know, I can't. But, but, but right the way, right the way through, you know, she kept signposting us to stores, and we had we were able to interact, you know, with the radio and so on. But I guess everything has been curtailed, you know, to, to a great degree because of COVID. And Steve, as you rightly said, it's great that maybe we're, be, you know, let's hope that this Omicron thing doesn't, you know, get worse. But, but we're beginning to see the, the green shoots of, of getting back to some form of normality. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out in, the, in these causes and getting to meet and seeing the real benefits, what the COP does and how it does. So I've missed that this year. Mm-hmm. And now, just for people who have no idea about how they 
they can support these causes. Now, the first thing they've got to do is to become a co-op member. That's correct. Yep. How do they do that? It's very straightforward. They can either go into store and purchase uh, a card, and it's only a pound, and you become a member, and it's a temporary card, and then you go online or phone our membership team, and they will then upgrade it to a full membership card. Or they can go online and do it. It really is very simple. Now, the member benefits, Steve, uh, are there, you know, I mean, charities aside, I mean, a member gets, because you're constantly running these regular special offers, and when they flash their card, they can get special deals. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of benefit that we don't really realise, and I think I, I every week, you know, I'm just no different than the other customer, I can get £3 off, off a £20 spend, and you can get items uh, 50p off, £1 off, um, but not only you get that, but you get your building up of your your your, your percentage that goes into your pot. And, and I've got £94 in my pot this year, Blair. I'm more happy to share that with you in a minute. Nice. But uh, I've done a very good job saving for my Christmas spend. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I'll just write the check out, James. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing. Now, if you go to the Hope FM website, uh, right there on our homepage, you will find a link uh, which will do two things. It will enable you to sign up to be a co-op member. You just click on the link on the Hope FM webpage. Couldn't be easier than that. And also there's there's a link to Hope FM as a cause. And this year we're wanting to enable up to at least eight young people to have a, a, an experience on this end of the microphone. So instead of hearing blur all the time, and of course, and you don't know whether you've met Callum and Kirsty who have just yeah. joined us, you know, yeah. but uh, but they're they're our first two. And, and also, we're getting quite a lot of calls now from schools. I, I, I don't know where you get this in store, but uh, do you get re- requests from young people to do work experience? Yeah, regularly. We have. Um you know, in, it's, it's, there's lots of restrictions and, and laws around it, and, and there's limits to what they can do. But ultimately, we do see lots of activity um, with with schools and not just schools, but other associations as well that, that that want to get work experience to happen. And we um, constantly uh, doing that as as we speak. There's, I can't think of the name of the current activity we're doing, uh, but it started back in September, and we're trying to get people that have struggled to get get into 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 jobs permanent roles with the co-op so and and they working in, in, in transient with the, go- the government you see so yes absolutely well, well likewise we get we get pretty much inundated with young people contacting us could they do a week or two weeks and we've been able we were able to do a lot of that but of course we couldn't do it but now i'm pleased to say that in this current year we'll be we'll be able to do a lot more of that is what you know what really encourages me about all of that and i guess you see it too in the co-op is it's just the the way confidence builds in young people uh, and also they they begin to develop skills that maybe they they didn't know they had you know which is fantastic yeah and no, i agree i think when i first started when i was a, a school lad and i was working with the management in the morning i was putting bread out and i was kind of using that as a life skill and and that's kind of got where i've got to today because of watching and learning from others so and anything we could do in in the communities about to get more kids off the streets more kids working and, and more kids off their xboxes is another way of looking at <laughs> now we mentioned about becoming a co-op member and, and that obviously is the place to start but of course the next thing that you've got to do is to select the cause that you would like to support and again uh, there's a link Uh, to the the numerous causes every area your area will have a co-op cause a charity that's been selected so and there's usually three in each area so you can have a look at that Uh, but of course if you want to if you have a favorite charity and it's outside of your area they can support that as well can't they they can yes yes Uh, a lot of um uh, people do choose to do that as well and uh, you'll be hit the groups that you've heard from today they've had support from around the country as well uh, but it's very simple to do again go onto your app onto the website and choose your cause absolutely what, what is great Blair you can actually see how much of your spend is personally contributed towards the to charity so it's a real connection and to I suppose it's a good opportunity to, s- to give a big shout out and say thank you members absolutely I think it's amazing that we can get more members to support us um, and if you shop at the co-op you know and you're not already got a card you are missing the link with the, the local causes and what you can difference you can make and my ask is if you're a regular shopper you don't have a card 
you'll get your money back very quickly and do your best to to to, to purchase a card and if you get any struggles i'm sure you can find it online on hope fm and today of course i've been stepping into a winter wonderland of wonderful causes and interaction enabled of course by those wonderful people in the co-op community foundation and the work that they do of course not just locally but nationally now my next cause i've got guana opposite me welcome guana Thank you very much, Claire. Uh, now, now, you're a member of the uh, St. Mark's School Parents Association. Now, I guess a lot of us know the fantastic work that, because I suppose predominantly you support the work of St. Mark's School. Absolutely. We do support the school and the children of the school. So all the fundraising and all the money that we raise um, goes towards that. Um, and um, obviously we are looking to um, to offer and to, to provide the best um, um, learning um, conditions as you know as you the can. best we can yes mm-hmm. absolutely so how did you come to be involved was it what, what, did you have children at the school yes I do my son he's at the school he's in year one and um, I joined um, the association last year the charity um, because they were looking for a for a volunteer um, in my um, profession so I decided to join because I realised during the pandemic um, how much the support was needed, uh, how much effort the teachers, the um, office staff, the head teachers, the volunteers, they were putting in to, to keep the things going. So just because I had the, the possibility, I decided to join. And, and what is your profession, Guana? Um, I'm, an, I'm a finance director accountant by background um, and um, I help with the financial side of, uh, of the so association. It's always very important in every charity. I think charities really struggle to get people like you, you know. In fact, just sign that document there if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, you, you form a plan and, and you've applied and, and be, been accepted by the, by the Co-op Community Fund. What did you apply for? What is your, what's, your, what's the thing that you want to do? Um, so, basically... We are all aware and we understand how, how important um, um, it is for the um, mental well-being, for the mental health to spend time in nature and um, how the, the, the nature benefits basically the mental health. Now, the school um, has this great advantage of, of um, having available a large area outside the school, which... Um, Part of it has been converted into play area for the children. Um, I would perhaps say probably 20% of it. Um, There is play equipment, you know, there are um, areas, there is an area which is also known as the Garden of Peace, um, where, you know, the the children love it. And it has become so important in their day-to-day routine, especially during the pandemic when their possibilities of socialising were so much restricted and limited. So what we are trying to do, we are trying to to raise the, the funds needed to extend this area, to add more uh, play equipment to the area, to refurbish the already existing one so that more children can use it at the same time to extend the capacity, basically, because right now um, that would probably be limited, you know, to have as many children as you want playing out at the same time. Um, this area at the same time you know it's very important for the day-to-day running of the school this is where various activities take place like you know tennis club and um, football clubs and uh, all the sort of um, competitions the school organize like internally so um that's what we are looking to do with the funds. Uh, everything a, is targeted towards that. You've got a project. lovely setting over there, uh, you know, at, at, at Absolutely, yes. You've got the church yes. and the school and lovely, and you've got forests nearby, actually, Absolutely, as well, yes. So you? it is a, um, an amazing um, um, sort of area, and it combines, you know, um, whatever is needed, like areas of shades with areas of full sunshine. And, um, yes, it's also um, away from the traffic, which is another big which advantage. Which is great, yes, yeah. Absolutely. And particularly yes. that busy road. <laughs> the, I mean, obviously, everybody knows what a school generally does, but maybe people less know, because schools are very much about the families, aren't they? Because, you know, the, the impact on those families, and, uh, and COVID has had a major impact on many families. I guess you know that better than yes, anybody. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So... I guess that everyone was affected by the pandemic one way or the other. Um, and I can, what I can say like from my personal experience about this school is that um, everything, everything is just orientated towards the well-being of the children. 
and the well-being of the parents, their feedback is taken into account. Um, you know, their routines and their um, their needs are very much listened to. So um, it feels like a like a family. Um, the children are thriving. Every single child is approached. Um, in their own way, in the right way, trying to develop the skills, trying to adjust, you know, what is needed to adjust. So it is an absolute dedicated um, institution where, you know, to educate young now, children. Now, to extend the play area, yes. to put the extra equipment in, what sort of financial target have you got? Whew, um, it can go as far as we can <laughs> think of, really. So give us um, the money and we'll use it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, we are we are talking about... a. a large surface it's a it's a large scale project um but every little contribution takes us a step further or a step nearer to what we want to achieve um you know we will find a way around and around it and we will accommodate um the the actions that we can put in place in line with the funds we have available mm. you know we would like to i don't have a swimming pool outside and have slides the and all this, but <laughs> absolutely but um i don't think that's the case uh, what we are practically what we are looking to do right now um and we are raising the funds for it is to actually add a slide uh to the play area we are trying to refurbish the boat which is well known uh, by the children and is very much loved um it's quite large in size so you know it requires um, quite a bit of resources to have it completed so it's something like very much human <laughs> uh, but things that children um, would, would love the only thing is when you look at all that play equipment you want to have a go yourself don't you, you know, take, sometimes you do yeah that's very true back, take, <laughs> I remember those witches hats you remember those things that they used to like yes. ra- roundabouts yes. and so on uh, now obviously parent teachers associations don't just sit and you don't just put in applications to trust you're very active in what you do what what sort of plans have you got you know for fundraising and so on right we have a very so i deal with the financial side of the association but we also have um dedicated volunteers so the the organization itself it's it's run by volunteers only and they have backgrounds in different professions we have a very dedicated uh, marketing team um, who deals with all the social media content with all the marketing materials and we're going to get prepared on time for the events that the co-op is going to um, organize for us and obviously which is absolutely greatly appreciated we are we are so grateful for it um, but we all have our own roles within the um, within the within association, the yeah. yes, and we do have a marketing side which is which is going to get I us first, ready for it. I first heard about your charity. I had an email okay. from Heather and Tina, you know, the member pioneers. Well, one's the coordinator, you know, and the other one is our local one pioneer. And they wrote, wrote to me and they said, "We got this wonderful organisation, you know." But what they didn't tell me in the email was what they wanted me to do, you know. Uh, <laughs> now you went and and spoke to the group, didn't you? What what did you experience uh, when you were there with speaking to the groups themselves I, I, it's well, you went to st mark's didn't you uh, i didn't know tina did oh tina did. yeah oh, tina, i get tina, yes, tina, tina. Yes. get on that microphone tina <laughs> i'll get over there in a second bouncing along yeah um so we had a um a really nice meeting with the pta um and we just kind of explained who we are, what we do, um, and what kind of relationship they wanted to have with us and how much we can get involved with, you know, helping them and stuff. It's an amazing, you know, it's amazing that we want to get this done for the kids. That's the main thing, you know, and what a great way to raise the funds, you know, through through the co-op, so yeah. So did you have any ideas about what outrageous things you might be doing? Oh, uh, Are you going to dress up, dress up as an elf? And oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> that's that's not, bad. That, you're not a bad idea. Anything, anything goes, you know. Yeah, that's if it. it. <laughs> just give us the money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we... We've got we've got some plans going forward. Um, I really want to keep close contacts with with the guys at the school, um, all the causes really, um, and have a really good year next year fundraising and just having you know having that special bond. 
So, Gwana, does the Parent Teachers Association have a website? You know, do you, yes, we uh, do. you said about yes. social media and yes. all of that? Yes, yes, we do have a, a, a website. Um, on the website, there's actually a, um, a, a link to, to the donations that, you know, people and community members can make, uh, which obviously are more than welcome, especially during um, these times when when um, it's very difficult for everybody. Um and um, we are present on Facebook, on Instagram, and we're gonna we're gonna put in in, in place some more actions with regards to the um, social media. The members or the volunteers they're gonna use the personal you know possibilities to share the message out there. Is it um, true that you've been going around and getting everybody to shop at the co-op? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And saying you will be shopping at the co-op, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> but actually, there's nothing lo- like, because I think whenever people know that they're really helping and making a difference, so they're not just doing the shop, which is an essential for all of us, but actually they're here, they're shopping and they're making a real difference. They absolutely do. And the, the good thing about, about this cause is that obviously you decide to, to make a contribution, big or small, it doesn't matter. Um, However, it is a long-term investment, either way you look at it. Because, uh, right, perhaps the children in the school now, so the current generation will benefit from it, but future generations to come will, will benefit the same. So um, it is an investment in a, in a local local community, in the well-being of the children, um, just provided them with with the um, you know education they need and, and, and to thrive in, thrive in that school environment, basically. And this is what is is happening at the moment. So we are grateful, you know, for every single donation and for every contribution and um, for every vote that we receive to become a a, a cause, cause basically. Well, you're already there in terms of the cause. All you need to do is to get those people behind you. Yes, exactly. Get the message out. Thank you so much. Every success in raising. You'll have to come back and tell us your heart's going through the year. And, uh, and maybe bring you know some of the others with yes, you. Yes, we will definitely. Which definitely. would be fantastic. Yes. There's been a there's been a lot of people buying early this year. Yeah, I think it's uh, people buying a little bit earlier, and you're finding that the the tubs of sweets, the packets, and all the stuff like that are beginning to to go. And I think lots of winter fuels and stuff like that from the petrol stations are also people buying in early. So you know, I think it's it's going to be a slow build up, but I think suddenly when people get to Christmas, hoping. It is going to be a normal Christmas. I think it will go busy as normal for the last three days. It will go pandemonium. Now, what about the turkeys? I mean, obviously, we've had this oh. scare, haven't we, with the, uh, oh, you better buy early because the turkeys won't be there, you know. But, but uh, how have your supplies been? I mean, obviously, truck drivers and, uh, and you know, obviously, petrol. We think we've got over that one now. But, but it was a bit of a scare, wasn't it? Yeah, I think anticipation-wise, we, we initially said that we didn't have any concerns with turkeys this year. And we don't, you know, we're not a massive business for turkeys because we are convenience-based, so you wouldn't necessarily get your local cart for your turkey. But we will obviously do the smaller crowns and things like that this year. But, no, I think we, we, are, we are anticipating um, we've got enough, but I think everybody would need to probably consider... Um, looking ahead, planning ahead this year and being a bit more uh, prepared uh, so they won't be disappointed. So, yes, get to your cop locally and get there early. And, of course, one of the things that people have been on television about is, of course, the need now to wear masks, you know, in all stores and and so on. Um, But uh, would that present a a difficulty? Do you think people would, some people would maybe not do that, resent it? Yeah, I, like, I was out in, in the shops last night doing a bit of Christmas shopping locally where I live and um, at least over 50% of people weren't wearing masks in, in, in shopping environments and I think it's a, an ed- educational piece for, for a number of weeks. So I think um, what we're doing is we're not, we're not forcing the subject with customers because at the end of the day we want to protect colleagues, colleagues from having to have conflict. Um, and therefore, you know, we would obviously advise, we would provide where, where we needed masks um, but we would re- we would role model it at store levels, and you know I'd say it as it is. I will be making sure our colleagues are role modelling it for our customers. Um, but we won't cause any issues for our customers at the end of the day. We don't want to make it. And a lot of customers that we serve, let's be fair, 
that are probably not able to wear a mask and, and, and there's been lots of rule changes and so forth. So we, we, we know a lot of our customers at the same time, but at the same time, there are a lot of people that disrespect and there are certain industries that do that more than others. Well, you always get that, don't you? But, but it is a season of goodwill. And, uh, you know, obviously you all got a smile on your face this morning and it's been a delight to, to interview some of the causes this morning. And uh, guys, you can't see these, these people, but they've all had smiles uh, on their faces. So remember, Christmas time is about, you know, that that joy and putting that happiness not just uh, your way but to other people's way as well and the way you chat to people and encourage people that's the important thing now Tina uh, this is very important I've just been saying this for your benefit really because you're our member pioneer yes uh, now would you mind signing that contract which I says will. how much money you're going to help <laughs> Hope FM to raise this year but seriously uh, tell us a wee bit about some of the other causes I mean obviously people know about Hope FM yep. but tell us about some of the other causes so um, we had rejuvenating with us this morning um, and they are one of my causes brilliant guys uh, amazing charity I really think that they are just leaps and bounds um, amazing Um, and then Hope FM obviously what do they do (laughs) oh well (laughs) well actually uh, you you should say actually because because you were frightened to come on the radio I was yeah so um, I I don't feel like I have a very good radio voice (laughs) well for a start we can throw that out the window there's nothing wrong with your radio voice Um, I just it doesn't come naturally to me um but apparently it does. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm quite excited to work with you um, in the future year to really help each other and the rest of the causes. I mean, we've got an amazing platform here with you um, to shout about these things. And I just think that's so special, What you know, that you've allowed us to come in um, and shout about these things. It's just amazing. You know, it's, 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 it's just great. Um, so, yeah, I'm really thankful to you. Well, we link with the Community Action Network and there, there are 400 charities in that network. So every single month I have a different charity of the month, you know, which is selected by the Community uh, Action Network. And you, you know all the volunteers that were there, over 3,000 people volunteered through the COVID challenges. Uh, and I think it's just incredible. And we've heard yeah. from all the charities that they all work because of volunteers, you know, yeah. and yeah. just doing amazing work. And I'm sure you're, if nothing else, you're going to have an encouraging time, you know, working with all of those charities. You've missed one out, though, haven't you? I've missed several. Oh, go, go, go for it. <laughs> still going. Go for it, um, uh, Bournemouth Electric Bowls Club. Um, so they are another charity that would like to get funding for um, des- disabled facilities so that they can have um, a variety of people go and play bowls. Um, and with that, they would like a new um, men's changing room and a defib. So that's what the funding would be used for, which is, you know, it's it's good to um, it's good to get people active, and you know, next year hopefully the sun will be shining and we can do we can help them with this. So um, yeah, really excited about working with them. Um, the next one is Twenty Fourth Bournemouth Scout Group. So what they want to do is really quite special. Um, they want to go into the local care home and do activities with the elderly, um, whether it's crafting, cooking, singing, you name it. They just want to get in there um, and, you know, it will really benefit the older generation just, you know, have the the cubs, the scouts, the beavers all go in and, you know, start, you know, singing and, you know, cooking. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're excited. That's exciting. I'd love to go along. Um, St. Mark's, obviously, you've heard from. Um, they 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 need equipment for their outside space yeah. so go for it so guys become a member of the co-op uh, and as you do your shopping you'll be supporting you choose which charity you want to support but you will make a big difference so to everyone you know to steve and to tina to, uh, to heather we just thank you so much uh, for joining us and indeed for those wonderful uh, members of the charities the beneficiaries that joined us today uh, but it's time for me to say uh, goodbye this is hope fm